you the one running around as Spider-Man? My kid loves Spider-Man. Can you come by our house? And mm. so I was just uh, doing that. And that's kind of where I leveraged it for, uh, for the charity, knowing that uh, it was getting a lot of interest just running around the neighborhood for the kids. This one's radio episode 1164 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. All right, y'all, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just uh, maybe a reminder, maybe a, a telling you first time, depending on how new you are around these parts. Uh, one thing that I offer as a coach, one thing that, I, quite frankly, I really enjoy offering as a coach is uh, the one-off consult call. You know, when there's something that you're struggling with, when there's maybe, you know, you're not sure if you should go A, B, or C route, whether it's, you know, coming back from an injury or kind of setting goals for uh, an upcoming race based on kind of how training has gone. Maybe you're kind of not sure what your training should look like as, as you get towards kind of that ramping up portion of your training plan. Uh, that's where these calls can really come in. I think, I hope <laughs> the purpose being that that's where they can really come in handy where, you know, we can jump on the phone or we can jump on the zoom or we can jump on the Skype or we can pass carrier pigeons back and forth, whatever, whatever works best for you. Uh, you know, we can chat things out for 20, 30 minutes or maybe for three or four weeks. If we're, if we're going the carrier pigeon route, um, to make sure that you've got some clarity to make sure that you kind of maybe can, can think things through from different directions. I can offer kind of a little bit more of an outside perspective and uh, maybe make you think of some things that you you weren't sure about, or maybe give you confidence that like yes, this is the way to move forward. Uh, but one way or the other, those those calls are always available. Whether you really want to truly make it a one off, or whether you know there's a few folks that kind of jump on a, a call every you know I don't know six or eight weeks, kind of something like that, depending on where they're at in a training cycle and kind of how things are going. And we've kind of built a relationship over the the last couple of years of talking. You know, again, every couple few three three months, something like that. Here's where we're at. Here's what we're doing. Here's what's next on the on the agenda. What do you think? Just to give them a little bit of more peace of mind, but it maybe fits the budget better than full-time coaching. So if that's something that's useful for you, whether it's a one-off or whether you kind of want to start ticking that box every every few months, uh, one way or the other, disruns.com slash consultation is the link. Uh, that takes you right to, uh, you know, obviously there's a little bit of information there you pay, and then it goes right to my calendar. And you just grab a time on the calendar that's open and available. I give you a ring or, you know, you send the first carrier pigeon and then uh, we kind of go back and forth from there. And uh, hopefully after the end of 20, 30 minutes or three or four weeks, you've got some idea of what to do, how to move forward. And uh, if not, then we'll just keep chatting until we've got that figured out. So disruns.com slash consultation. If that would be useful for you, get on my calendar. Let's chat. Whether it's summer training, looking ahead to fall races, injuries, niggles, whatever it might be, happy to have those conversations and hopefully give you a little bit of peace of mind on how to move forward that's right for you. Disruns.com slash consultation. Now, without any further ado, Let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, today's guest is someone that is closing in on uh, 10 years of running. And uh, in that time, he's done he's done a lot within this sport, like uh, a lot, a lot. Lots of races, lots of miles, you know, beyond just racing miles, but just lots of miles in general. And uh, maybe most importantly, lots of money raised for cancer research, which is a cause that's near and dear to his heart. Uh, no shortage of things to talk about today. 
Uh, so let's get this party started and welcome Mr. Wayne Young to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Wayne. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Looking forward to our discussion today. Yeah, certainly. And uh, y'all, if you enjoyed today's discussion and, and you want to kind of find out more about what Wayne's got going on, uh, maybe even contrib- contribute some funds to uh, his ongoing fundraising uh, project, like I, like we said, and we'll talk about more as we go. Uh, AjaxSpiderMan.ca is the link. AjaxSpiderMan.com slash C dot com, not dot com. Come on, Diz, get your get your story straight here. AjaxSpiderMan.ca. Uh, coming to you from the great white north of Canada is where Wayne is today. Uh, on Instagram, at runningbeast666 is the handle there. A little bit scary number, but we'll, we'll let it slide. He said there's a story. Maybe we'll get to it. Maybe we'll not. We'll see what happens. Uh, but on Instagram, you can connect with him there and kind of follow along with some of his journey, uh, you know, and, and the races he's doing. And, and uh, there is a, a visual element to a lot of the races he does. Dizruns.com slash 1164. I'll get you back to the show notes for today. Links, photos, the whole nine as per usual. Uh, you can connect with Wayne, see some photos, and anything else we talk about today. I'm sure we'll have a fundraising link there as well if you want to contribute. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1164. So, Wayne, the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show is with a, a a very simple and straightforward question that sometimes has a pretty simple and straightforward answer. And uh, you kind of let me in on the secret that uh, this is not going to be a simple and straightforward answer for you. Um, but one way or the other, it gives us a good usually place to start the conversation. That's just to simply ask. What is your favorite distance to race? And uh, yeah, uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, it uh, it's taken me some time to think about this one. I do a lot of races, a lot of running, uh, multiple distances, so uh, it's tough to pick out one favorite. Uh, of course, you know the marathon is near and dear to my heart. It's a good uh, good distance, lots of training, uh, a big reward at the end of it. But uh, if I was to pick a favorite distance and race, uh, I'd probably go with the half marathon. It's uh, uh, a good distance, not a lot of uh, mileage for for training during the week, and uh, and gives you uh, that same type of reward at the uh, at the end of it as well too. So I think I'm going to go with uh, with half marathon as my uh, most favorite distance. There you go. That's that's uh, I, I think unofficially that's that's hands down the most popular answer. I mean, like I don't even have to think. Like that's that's easily the most popular answer around here. Um, and for a lot of the reason you said, I mean, it's just like. It, it it's it's a little bit more sustainable in terms of fitting into life and training and all those types of things and some of the longer distance things and uh yeah half marathon is a really fun distance yeah it's uh one of those ones where you're not uh doing those uh crazy 32 kilometer uh, training runs uh, i'm going to right. be in kilometers of course not miles today so uh, <laughs> it's uh you don't have to put in those long distances for the training it's kind of a shorter training but uh you can go all out for it and still get uh, a good distance in yeah, absolutely. Keep speaking that metric. It's all right. We, I, I'll translate if things get a little bit too gnarly. 32K, folks, that's about 20 miles. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's that's definitely uh, doesn't hurt my feelings to not have any 20-milers slash 32K, mile, or 32K uh, training runs on the agenda for a half marathon. That's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, like, like I mentioned there in the intro, Wayne, you've been running for uh, closing in on 10 years. I, I believe you had mentioned about 2014 is when you got started. We're obviously recording here in 2023. Um, what was it that uh, got you started in this sport? Where, 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 you know, where were you nine years ago that you're like, you know what, let's, let's start uh, it's running? It's actually a pretty interesting story. I work with uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, which is uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and Toronto Raptors. So, um, we've had. Uh, a playoff uh, run here years ago in uh, 2014 with our uh, affiliated team, the Toronto Marlies, which is the the farm team to the Leafs. And, you know, if we put a a plan together and uh, get you on a little uh, workout uh, regime, would you guys be interested? Because there's no reason 
why you guys can't be uh, fit and uh, and doing things as well too. It's not just uh, about the players on the ice. So uh, yeah, he took the time to do that. So I took him up on it, and then kind of the the rest is history from there. Once it got started, so it uh, just kind of need that little push from someone to get you going. Yeah, for sure. Was it like what was what was the background before then? Because and I, I guess I asked that because it's like. Like running looks like it's real easy, easy, you know, from the outside looking in, like you just kind of moving along. But like, Lord knows, like running is anything but easy. Um, and, and so I guess I'm, I'm curious, like, you know, you, you got the little push and, and you and you kind of hit the ground running, it sounds like. But um, was there any type of fitness background going into that? Because I don't know. I just to me, it's like starting from I don't know if, if you started from zero, but starting from zero, getting into running like like that's a big shock to the system. And, and in my mind, doesn't go smoothly. Yeah, it, uh, it it wasn't easy for sure. It uh, and I don't have any real background with uh, you know sports and that. I did play hockey when I was younger, but it was definitely not uh, not professional at any uh, any means. Um, I did have several concussions playing uh, playing the support, so it was kind of to a point where you kind of had to stop playing because it was a risk to your health. But uh, yeah, once we got started with the uh, the running program, and and we started easy. It was the you know, the one minute on, one minute off, did that. I was probably doing maybe three kilometers in uh, in half an hour when we started uh, building up from there. And then, uh, I don't know, just something clicked along the way that I enjoyed it. It was fun. Uh, it kind of brought that competitive edge back from the sports mm-hmm. that I wasn't playing anymore. And, uh, and then I met a group that I run with now as well, too. So kind of meeting that group and not running on your own and trading uh, advice back and forth. Uh, kind of got that team element back and uh, and I went from there. But uh, yeah, a lot of people are surprised when I tell them I never, before 2014, no running background at all. And uh, and now I run uh, pretty much every day. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like, like a lot of folks and, and myself included that, that grew up playing some level of, of sport and, and I, you know, definitely not, I never got anywhere close to college or professional levels, but um, you know, you get, you get to adulthood and, and it can be a little bit harder to scratch that competitive itch. And, and man, once you kind of realize that like, Oh, running and like, it's, it's, it doesn't require a team. Um, you know, you don't need to get 10, 10 guys or 20 guys or 30 guys or 40 people or whatever, whatever it is for whatever sport it might be, uh, together to, to get something going. Sure. It helps, you know, you have it, have a group. It, it makes it, it makes it, uh, maybe a little bit more motivating and, and a little bit more fun that way. Uh, but being able to scratch that competitive itch, that's that's uh, something I know a lot of folks really enjoy about, you know, having some races once in a while to just kind of just see how things are going. Yeah, and it's it's funny because it started with a 5K race that our group from work signed up for. It was uh, over the uh, the Christmas break that we did one of those holly jolly runs for uh, for a 5K uh, up here in Ontario. It's not, uh, you know, not the ideal weather to be running in, but uh, <laughs> It, it was snowing out and, and cold and I did it, uh, finished it. And it was pretty much after that race when uh, uh, I ran it and did pretty well in it that uh, I thought, oh, 5K, you know, do that four times. You're at a half marathon. Let's sign up for one. So uh, it definitely wasn't that easy after I did it. But <laughs> uh, that's what I thought after finishing the 5K is, uh, you know, four more of these and you get a half uh, marathon. Let's uh, let's try that uh, distance next. Okay. Well, that, that, that kind of gets you right into the next, the next question of kind of progressing up the ladder. So, you know, what, what was the time frame of you, you run these, these handful of, of five Ks before you kind of start setting your sights on, um, on going up to half marathon distance? Uh, so I will say the first time that I did a half marathon, I definitely was well under trained and not ready for it. <laughs> um, 
because it's not as easy as doing a 5k four times. So that's true, uh, <laughs> which I had thought at the time, that's all it was going to be. So, uh, I did struggle. I was probably one of the last people coming in for the race here. It was a local race in Ajax where I'm from. Um, so yeah, I came in near the end of the race, but, uh, that's where I met, uh, the running group that I'm with, uh, now. And he told me, you know, come on out. We'd run Tuesdays, Thursdays. You just need, uh, some training. That's when we do our, our speed work and our tempo work. They're kind of the key uh, elements for, uh, for running. So I kind of took them up on it and, uh, found out that, yeah, when you add proper training in and get those long runs in and get some speed work in, it makes a huge difference when it comes to race day for sure. Yeah. I, I have a, a similar, um, I don't want to say trajectory, but I, I, cause my trajectory wasn't the same. I didn't, I didn't do a bunch of longer, you know, a bunch of, of shorter races and build up gradually. I just kind of jumped into the marathon, but definitely thought that like, Oh, you know, if I can run 10 K like kind of almost like your, your five K, like if I can run 10 K, I can run, I can run, you know, that times four, I can do four of them. <laughs> that won't be any big deal. Um, grossly undertrained, grossly, uh, you know, just didn't, didn't respect the, the marathon distance and, and certainly have learned that lesson. Um, but yeah, having, having a group of other runners around you, uh, to kind of be like, Hey, um, you know, maybe, maybe slow down a little bit more. Maybe, you know, we need to do a little bit more, uh, you know, build up gradually, whatever it might be, but having some of that wisdom from people that have been there, done that before, uh, sounds like it made a bit, a, a pretty good difference for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was kind of them taking me under their wing if they saw a new, you know, rookie runner that, uh, hadn't done this before. I think I probably did all the mistakes in those first few races that probably everybody's done mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, wearing tennis shoes, thinking, uh, a shoe is a shoe. There's no difference. <laughs> and, right. you know, cotton shorts, cotton shirt, you name it, all the, all the stuff that you don't wear anymore. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was doing all uh, of that stuff and they kind of pointed me in the right direction. And those, uh, those tips, I definitely, uh, you know, relish and did well with, and uh, now kind of share the same thing with new runners that come out and join us as well too. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, an important piece of the puzzle is, is given, you know, things that we learn, maybe pass those on to, to folks that are coming, coming new to the sport, because, you know, it, it, it we sit here and chuckle about, you know, just, oh yeah, yeah, shoe is a shoe and like, whatever, cotton shorts, cotton shirt, whatever. Um, but we know, we know different from experience, but somebody that's new that more than likely doesn't, or at least possibly doesn't. Um, and so maybe we can save them, save them a little chafing, a little, a little shower terror, um, <laughs> if, if at all possible. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, w- when did you, when did you start dialing things up and go, you know what? 21 K half marathon. That's, that's pretty solid, but, uh, maybe, maybe double that sounds good as well. Yeah, it was, uh, probably a few years later at 2016 is when I did my first, uh, marathon and it was more, uh, just, I was doing pretty well at the, uh, the half marathon distances. So it's just, once you get into the half marathon, do the training, it's really the only thing you have to add is those uh, those long runs that I talked about earlier, adding those into the training element. So uh, 2016, I thought I'd give it a try and uh, ran the the Toronto Marathon race here, which uh, which went pretty well. I was I was pretty happy with it. My goal at that time was, you know, finish under four hours and I finished just under four hours, like three hours and 50 minutes. So I thought that was pretty good for the first one. And uh, then it really ramped up from there on, you know, can can you qualify for Boston or can you hit some of these major races and really cut your time down? So uh, that's where it kind of started with that one in 2016 and kind of went from there. When you, you mentioned, you know, can can I ramp it up to qualify for Boston? Was that was that a pretty 
I don't know, immediate thought? Was it somebody plant that seed in your, in your head? Like, how did you, how did you, I guess, maybe first hear about Boston and qualifying for Boston? Uh, it was in that race when I was running that one. Uh, there's a bunch of people that I run with in our group that had qualified at, uh, at the Toronto race and, uh, and went the next year in 2017. So, uh, I thought myself that with a year worth of training after 2016, it would be, uh, a tough goal, but something that could be uh, achievable at the time I needed, uh, three hours and, uh, and 15 minutes for the, for the cutoff. So that is a big jump from three hours and 50 minutes from, uh, from a marathon. But, uh, I figured that the challenge would be something that, uh, I could work on. And obviously you're going to do those shorter races within that, that one year to make sure you're on that goal time as well, too. So, um, people that listen have heard me talk about Boston being a goal of mine and, and, and really BQ in, I think is, is, almost more of the focus just to, just for whatever reason, like to just be like, gosh, like that's, it's cause it's still a big swing for me. Uh, quite frankly, I'm still, I still need probably another 35, 40 minutes myself. Um, uh, but when, when you, when you were at that point of like, all right, I need to knock off, you know, 35 ish minutes, something like that. Um, and, and sounds like if, if I'm hearing you correctly, like maybe I'll try to take that swing, like within the next year, was that, was that kind of the time, the original timeline? Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was going to go for it for 2017. So I signed up for another race right away. And, uh, and then worked hard with, uh, our group for, uh, for training during that time frame to, to really try and, uh, and qualify. And I knew it was going to be a, a stretch, but, uh, wanted to see if I could get close to that, uh, that qualifying time and, uh, and see if we could go for 2017. And well, yeah, cliffhanger, how, how did, how did it go? Did you, <laughs> did you get close? Did you, did you, you know, squeak in? Did you, did you blow, blow it out? What, how did it go? Uh, I was, uh, one minute and 30 seconds off of my time. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, obviously that's a, a huge jump. I mean, you know, it, when you start talking about improving in the marathon, it's like, I feel like, you know, two, three, four minutes, like, like that's, that's solid. Um, anything beyond that is like, wow, that's really, that's really a big jump. And, you know, talking 30 odd minutes. Um, but, I, but I have to ask, or at least I, you know, the, 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 I don't know what, what is the right, I don't know. I'm not going to figure out what the right word is. So I'm not going to stammer along and try to figure it out. But like, it, for me, I almost feel like I would have rather missed it by five minutes, like knocked off 30 <laughs> minutes and been like, oh, hell yeah. Like that was awesome. Big jump next time. Only five minutes, like to miss it by a minute, minute and a half, like almost feel like I'd be, I'd be second. Well, you know, did I, did I stop to, to get a drink somewhere? Did that screw me up? Did I stop to, to use the bathroom somewhere? Did that like, like with being that close, was it like, like what was the emotion of being that close to, to ticking the box in your, you know, the first year of, of kind of serious marathon training? Uh, I'm not going to lie. It was definitely disappointing because I was going through that in my mind with, uh, you know, did I, was I off on the tangents or did I get stuck mm -hmm. behind people or was it that uh, drink station where I took too long? You know, every 10, 15 seconds adds up uh, over the course of the 42. So um, I was thinking that, but then I also knew that once I hit that 34 kilometer mark, the wall did come in. So I did slow down quite a bit. So, uh, I knew that I needed to really work on that last kind of 10 kilometer section to really get under my time and, uh, and make it for, uh, for Boston for, uh, for the next one in, uh, in 2018. So, all right. Following the progression, um, <laughs> what, what happened for the next, the next attempt at the BQ? Uh, so I'll jump ahead and say Boston has been the elusive race that I've never been able to run. <laughs> it, it, the unicorn is the, uh, is the logo for a reason. I think when it comes to Boston. It, absolutely. It, uh, 
so 20 was it 2017 i did qualify for boston uh but i got that nasty email that they send out to you saying hey thanks you hit your qualifying time but because of all the registrations this year we've adjusted the time and now you've missed boston by x number of uh, oh. of minutes so received that in 2017 got the same thing in 2018 and then uh what was it 2019 I missed it by 13 seconds of the same email. So getting even closer. So and, and just so, so I'm clear and just so everybody else is clear, these are, you qualified every time. You just kept missing the, the, the buffer by a little bit. Correct. Yeah. I was usually within wow. kind of five minutes better of my qualifying time, but mm -hmm. those are the years that uh, they had so many registrations that they would send you the email and adjust right. the time and, yep. and cut you. So they had uh, the right number of people racing those races. So for 2019, I was annoyed missing it by, uh, was it 13 seconds? So I trained even harder and was 10 minutes better than my qualifying time. And lo and behold, everybody knows what happened for 2020 and uh, COVID hit. So the race was canceled. Man, what a, <laughs> what a rotten string of luck. Because at <laughs> 10 minutes, you know, like, like there is, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I would still be mildly nervous, but like, 10 minutes, you're full of confidence that like, we're good. Like, like, you know, usually that buffer five, six minutes, something like that. I think somewhere in there, they changed the standard. So then the buffer got even smaller. Yeah. So they like, dropped to five minutes. Yeah. So you're like 10 minutes that we're good. And then, oh yeah, the world shut down. Yep. So 2020, uh, canceled my, uh, dreams for it. And, uh, now we're trying, now we're back to the drawing board, trying to get back in for 2024. Gotcha. So, so have you, have you, Post pandemic, and, and I, I know from looking at the website and kind of having a feel for where this conversation might go. So there was some major focus that kind of changed in, in 2020, which we'll get to obviously here momentarily. Um, but but have there been any attempts at BQ since then, or has it just been kind of focused on the fundraising, which again, we're going to get into a bit more here shortly, but like, and, and now kind of starting to, to refocus on maybe let's, let's take a swing for Boston. Is that kind of what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. So definitely over COVID, my, uh, Running goals definitely changed. It wasn't times and races and qualifying for stuff because there wasn't anything to run for. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, now that that kind of time period's over, everything's kind of back to normal with all the races again. Uh, definitely kind of ramped up my training over the course of the summer. And uh, I've got a marathon targeted here in, uh, in August that I'm kind of going for for Boston and then going to Erie, Pennsylvania in September for uh, kind of the final... Uh, try for 2024 that's i think everybody pretty much knows that race in erie as the the last race to run for for qualifying for boston so it's a it's a fast one a good one and uh it's kind of on the on the list as well as a backup one gotcha gotcha well certainly uh nothing but the best for a good a good solid training training cycle and maybe not even need maybe you can you know run erie as more of a victory lap than anything else because you already have have things done and dusted but i guess i guess now you know it's kind of that the last couple of years maybe have almost created some little, little bit of a lull in, in, you know, if you've, if you've qualified the last couple of years, like you've been in, um, and I hope that that trend continues, but, uh, I suppose if you're, if you're close, you still run eerie hard then just to make sure you got plenty of buffer just in case. Oh yeah. You never know. And then the last couple of years, it's been get your time you're in. They haven't been sending out those emails mm -hmm. with, Hey, we've had to adjust it. So that'd be nice just to get your time and not worry about waiting for this email coming in saying <laughs> you're, uh, you're cut or you're, you're in. So, uh, hopefully it stays the, stays the course for, uh, for that race as well, too. 
Yeah, I'll well, certainly wish you wish you nothing but the best for those events. Um, so, so we kind of hinted there, 2020, you know, kind of on track, qualified, ready to go to Boston. And then, you know, things went off the rails there in uh, February or whenever, whenever things really went March, I guess, when things really started shutting down, at least here in the States. Um, and, and that really kind of led to a, a change in your, your running focus there for a while. What, what, uh, tell us about that. Yeah, it was, uh, so I still enjoyed running and obviously that's the one thing during the, the pandemic you right. could do cause everything right. was closed. So um, but the races were gone and I kind of got caught up in that whole thing of signing up for a bunch of races, going a race of them, get your medal. But with, uh, with COVID and that here, I, uh, switched focus and started to really, um, push the, uh, the charity aspect for, for the running. And I'd always promoted for, uh, for cancer. My, my father had passed away, uh, when my son was born and I had a, best friend in high school that also had cancer and, and he passed away as well too in, in high school. So kind of cancer was the charity I uh, always supported and felt that uh, during COVID they were going to need some help with no uh, no live events and everything. So kind of just picked up the torch there and uh, put on uh, a Spider-Man suit and started running around the neighborhood as Spider-Man raising money for, uh, for the cancer uh, charity here. <laughs> What was the uh, the impetus of the Spider-Man suit? Because I feel like I feel like you could have done it without this. Of course, the Spider-Man makes the makes the spectacle more and, and helps to to get catch people's attention more than just some dude running through the neighborhood. I get that, but uh, was that was that the impetus? I guess. Uh, originally, so the Spider-Man uh, suit that I had, I had originally bought it for. Uh, I used to run the Disney races uh, down at Disney, the Dopey, where you'd run the five, ten, half, and and full back to back with. Uh, a group I had met down there and they always dress up and wear crazy costumes. So the last year in January, 2020, we did uh, the marathon dressed as Marvel characters. So I had the suit for that race already, uh, Wharton, Florida, when it was uh, <laughs> probably the hottest marathon I had uh, run down there with the humidity as well too. So having that background, knowing that I wore it and in those conditions and it was the summer here in Ontario, I, I was comfortable wearing it anyway. So I just put it on and ran around the neighborhood uh, to kind of cheer up the kids that were not in school and stuck at home. And then it kind of ballooned from there with people sending me messages going, hey, are you you the one running around as Spider-Man? My kid loves Spider-Man. Can you come by our house? And mm. so I was just uh, doing that. And that's kind of where I leveraged it for uh, for the charity, knowing that uh, it was getting a lot of interest just running around the neighborhood for the kids. I can I can only just imagine you know, the conversation, like in my house, my, my daughter's eight years old. Like if she's looking at the, Oh, you know, dad, Spider-Man just ran, ran by. Yeah. Honey. Okay. <laughs> whatever. Um, dad, there he goes again. Like, what are you talking about? Like, Oh snap, there is Spider-Man out there. What's going on? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess it gets the attention, gets the kids paying attention, gets the parents paying attention. Um, and, and it, it, at that point, and, and maybe you said this and I kind of missed it or glossed over it, but like, was, was that like, like, I guess, which, which was the chicken and which was the egg or like, was it, was it, you started getting attention and like, let's turn this into something good. Or was it, was, was the, the donating to Terry Fox already part of the plan anyway? Um, uh, so I'd always, uh, donated and did work for Terry Fox already. It's kind of when I put the suit on and noticed how much interest it was getting and how much people were messaging me and going around and running for, uh, for their kids for their birthdays and that that's kind of where i kind of clicked and said let's use this for uh for the charity as well too just because the interest for it was ballooning so much i'm like this is a great way to 
get attention for a charity that normally does uh, events. It's for Terry Fox. So they always do the run for Terry Fox, but they weren't able to do them. So I'm like, let's do this and try to still raise enough money for them. And uh, the events will come back at some point. And and just real quick for those those of us who's probably most of us in, in the U.S. Or, or other places beyond, I know in Canada, Terry Fox is relatively well known, but um, who is Terry Fox and why, why is his name associated with uh, a cancer charity? Yeah, so uh, 1980, he had uh, cancer and had his uh, leg uh, amputated and uh, he entered legendary status with Canadians by deciding to run across the country on uh, on one leg and back in the 80s the prosthetic legs were nothing compared to right. uh, to what they are today so he's basically running on this stiff uh prosthetic leg across the country raising money for charity and his goal at the time was uh one dollar for uh, for every canadian that was in the country and he started off uh, running he actually didn't make it uh across the country he just made it uh here in Ontario and ended up uh, having to stop the race because the cancer came back and uh, and passed away from it. But uh, his goal at that time was the race would never be finished. The Canadians would kind of continue it for him on an annual basis and run on. Uh, so we run on the, the second Sunday in uh, in September on in honor of Terry Fox for raising money for the Terry Fox Foundation, which goes to cancer. And uh, it's kind of what he started. But over the course of his run, he actually managed to to hit his goal and surpass it uh, when he ended running in Ontario. And then uh, currently today, I think it's at $800 million uh, wow. raised over the course. So it's getting close to that that billion marker just with, uh, you know, one idea from one Canadian that decided to uh, to do this with, uh, with cancer. So I, I think the part that kind of really sticks with me as I remember it as a kid when I was in school and remember the story of him running. And uh, it just shows that you don't need superpowers. You don't have to be a millionaire. You don't have to, you know, have all these abilities to do something. You just have to have an idea, go with it, and anybody can uh, kind of lead the way. So that's kind of why I like it. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, I mean, closing on a billion dollars, like that's that's ridiculous to, I mean, it's, it's impossible to, I think for me at least to wrap my head around that, that number. Um, but you've, you've contributed, I mean, not, a, not a billion, but you've contributed <laughs> no. a significant amount over the last handful of years. Like, and, and I think one thing to, to point out that, you know, we've talked to, I've talked to several folks that have done, you know, running with, was an association with charities and whatnot over the years. Um, but typically, and, and I mean, shoot, the, like, I ran the the Goofy Challenge in 2020. We shared the course together, and I ran it as part of uh, a charity charity running organization. Um, but for me, it was like you know I was raising money for this race and and for this cause, et cetera, et cetera. But it wasn't kind of this ongoing thing like it is with 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 you and and the the fundraising that you're doing. Uh, but how much how much have you all raised in the last you know three and a half years or something like that? Yeah, we're closing. Uh, we just crossed uh, eighty thousand total over that time frame and my goal this year is hopefully we can get close to 20,000 to kind of hit that 100,000 uh, mark over the course of 4 years. Man, that's that's uh pretty awesome and and um you know I, I guess I guess I'm curious how how like has it been 
like like what how, how have it i don't know how to quite say this like like what's been the, the driver of of all the, is it just like running spider-man has, has there been like big events big challenges like what have you what have you done to kind of you know keep the you know it's one thing to get a bunch of a, maybe not a bunch but it's one thing to fundraise one time you know and and some of the folks that i know from various charities or, and various organizations that like they run the race every year they run disney every year they run new york every year whatever it is they're running these marathons every year um always fundraising always always you know going back and 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 soliciting donations from folks um and i feel like, kind of feel like that's kind of got to be the 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 you know the, the path that you've been on like it's just this is ongoing you know we're trying to get to a hundred thousand in the in the first four years and i'm i'm assuming you're probably not going to pull the plug once you get to a hundred thousand it's probably just going to keep on going um but but what's what's been i don't know kind of key to the success or, or the method to your madness in terms of fundraising uh yeah i've tried to keep it fresh every year to come up with a a different idea the first year that we did it in uh in 2020, I ended up doing seven marathons in seven days over the course of a week to generate the the funds for the charity. And, and that was kind of the main week, but it, it was an ongoing mm-hmm. uh, donation period of a couple of months. But then we kind of ended with that week. Um, then I came up with the idea after that one to do uh, 28 marathons in 28 days. <laughs> um it uh, it worked. I did it, uh, but then my wife told me I'm not doing that again next year. <laughs> I was, was going to say, what, what, what's next after that? The, the, you know, ninety ninety six, whatever twenty eight times four is. You just bump it up by four every time. Yeah, no, twenty eight was the limit. It, uh, it it's funny too because people always ask on that one how uh, how do you get through it? And I I really found the first week was the hardest, but then your body kind of adjusts and get used mm-hmm. to running all those miles all the time. So when you didn't. When I didn't run on that 29th day, it was that was probably the day I was the most sore and right. the and so tired. It's just because your body's thinking, okay, we're we're getting up, we're running today. What's what's going on? Why are you not moving? So, um, but yeah, it, it was it was a definitely a tough one. She always reminds me that yeah, okay, you did the 28 days and you were still able to you know do stuff with the kids and still get your work done and everything, but. She's like, you don't remember the two weeks after the 28 days where <laughs> <laughs> you were pretty much doing nothing. So <laughs> I was like, good point. So uh, so then I switched it to uh, the next year, which was last year. We did a, a team goal. So uh, mm-hmm. I ended up having uh, about 10 people join me and uh, they all got in on it as well, too, and got costumes to run with me. And we did it as a, a team. And our goal for the the month was to run the same distance Terry Fox did before he had to stop the race. So it was just over 5,000 kilometers for a, a total distance for all 10 of us, which was something that was a little more uh, achievable. And uh, then it also helped with the fundraising because then it's not just me doing it. It right. ended up being 10 people all focused on, you know, getting more money in that in for the uh, for the charity. So I think that one really was the one that I was most impressed with just to see, you know, all my friends and the people I run with join forces and all get suits and come run with me, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And, and if I'm uh, doing my math correctly here, 5,000 kilometers divided by 10 for 10 people is about 500 kilometers a piece. And if we translate that into American for the people that are listening that don't speak metric, like that's still 310 odd miles, like 500 kilometers a piece, you know, depending on how it breaks down, it might not be exactly at, you know, even, but that's still a pretty good chunk of miles for a month. Like, you know, it might not be a marathon every day, but it's, it's, uh, it's a significant commitment of time for, for 30 days. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, you know, I did a, 
bulk of the uh, the kilometers as well too because i told everybody you know if you can't do it uh, we'll uh, team, make sure we right? find we'll pick somebody each other up a little bit yeah, yeah exactly so and that's how we did it so we had others that were doing maybe 700 or more and others doing 300 but it all averaged it out at the end that we uh, that we hit that goal and uh, and we did well with the fundraising as well too which was great yeah for sure for sure so I'm sure you've been asked this question before. I'm sure you've thought about it before, but I, you know, sometimes, sometimes the obvious question is the question that needs to be asked. Um, with, with having a little bit more of a renewed goal of Boston and doing what it takes to qualify for Boston, how is that impacting your plans for some type of, you know, next major push for fundraising this year? Uh, so it definitely, Changed it a little bit because I'm not doing the crazy, you know, one week or mm -hmm. uh, a month kind of uh, running challenge. So this year I've stretched it out. So we actually are launching uh, this weekend. I thought since I run for my dad, launching on, on Father's Day weekend was kind of appropriate for it. So uh, we're going to launch this weekend doing our kind of superhero uh, team run with uh, everybody dressed up on on Sunday, kind of launching it. But then it will run for three months and end on uh September 17th, which is Terry Fox run day here in, uh, in Canada. So we've kind of stretched it out over the course of the, the three months. And now we're doing, we're running one kilometer for every uh, $2 raised. So, uh -huh. um, it, it could balloon. <laughs> so that, that could get to be a pretty big number. <laughs> it, it could balloon into a crazy number if we get more donations than I expected. But, uh, if we do, then we'll just have to, uh, to fit them in and run them. So goal wise is 20,000. So it'd be 10,000 kilometers over the course of three months that we'd have to run as a, as a team, which I figured out that we can do. So hopefully uh, that's kind of the number we hit and we don't double the donations and then we're in trouble. Well, yeah, that, 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 that would be a uh, problematic from a running perspective, but it'd be pretty awesome from a fundraising perspective. A absolutely. Yeah. It's a kind of a double edged sword where it'd be great there, but uh be tougher on us for uh, for the running portion but uh, we definitely if we go well over that number it might be instead of the three months it might take us a little bit longer to fit them all in yeah i mean i think i think i hope that uh, that could be forgivable you know you, yes. you end up raising fifty fifty thousand dollars or some some big number like that and like oh it takes us till christmas instead of till september like that's okay like we're, we're all right with that <laughs> we'll get them in it just might yeah. take longer absolutely absolutely um, with running so many, so many kilometers uh, over the last handful of years, and, and in some of these instances doing it, you know, day, day, you know, seven days in a row of marathons, 28 days in a row of marathons, you know, whatever, whatever the, the breakdown was last year for the, you know, all the kilometers in, in that one month. Um, like you said earlier with the marathons day to day, like the body kind of adapts and adjusts, but I have to feel like there's, there's gotta be a little bit of, of, um, intentionality in terms of taking care of your body and, and trying to, to facilitate recovery, things like that. Um, and I'm curious kind of what, what, you know, what, what you do from that perspective to try to help yourself, give yourself your best chance of staying healthy, staying, avoiding injuries. Uh, so you can keep putting in, you know, that the type of volume that these challenges require, or quite frankly, the type of volume and training that you're going to be putting towards a Boston qualifying race. Yeah. And I think, the key is uh, the nutrition and that is is definitely mm -hmm. very important. So it's, you know, watching what you eat, eating properly, uh, especially when you're doing all that running. I was finding uh, the calorie intake was it was a lot higher, but it's you're not trying to it's not junk calories. It's, right. you know, some good stuff that you're eating as well, too, to make sure the body's staying healthy. Uh, and then rest is key as well, too. So 
you can't do a lot of this stuff on, uh, you know, four or five hours uh, asleep at night. So definitely make sure you get uh, the proper rest, resting your body and and watching what you eat. But I, uh, it's funny because people ask that one a lot and they think, you know, you're going out for massages or uh, you got a chiropractor in the uh, neighbor or whatever. But uh, I, I don't. It's really just, you know, taking it easy when you need to take it easy and and making sure you're uh, eating the proper uh, food in that as well, too. And um, just not stressing yourself with uh, with those runs I was doing, too. I'm obviously not running 28 marathons at a, a three hour and 15 pace. Right. It's it's a much slower, manageable pace, knowing that it's uh, it's quantity, not uh, not the, the speed that mattered for those races. Yeah, I, I've heard the the quote, and I'm not going to give it an exact quote because I'll probably butcher it. But it's something along the lines of it's it's the speed that kills, or it's the speed that is the problem, not not so much the distance. And it sounds like, yeah, dialing dialing things back, uh, maybe a little bit of walking mixed in there as well. Like that's that's kind of the key to avoiding not all wear and tear, but maybe trying to keep that to a minimum when you've got you know high volume training going on. And I, I think that's one of the things I learned with uh, the group I run with is when I first started out, it was run all your runs, no matter what they are, uh, hard and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, have the faster times. But then it was with, with them, they, they kind of taught me that you kind of have these key runs that you do that uh, you need to, you know, do your speed work, do your tempo work, that kind of thing. But everything else should be at a, a much slower pace just to get those runs in. Plus you're working different uh, muscles of the body as right. well too. So, um, you want to work those slower uh, muscles at the slower pace and not just the the ones that you're using for speed all of the time. Yeah, absolutely. I, you're, you're preaching to the choir cause I'm a big heart rate training guy now, uh, lessons learned over the years and just kind of, you know, continuing to learn more and research and, and read different books and different topics. And it was just like, like once you wrap your head around the idea, um, and it sounds like maybe you were, you were there too. And I think a lot of us were at the beginning where it's like, if I'm not going hard, how am I going to get faster? Once you, once you wrap your head around, not only the idea, but like the science that kind of backs that up and supports that, like running at a lower intensity consistently, avoiding injuries like that does a whole lot for you know helping you race faster um it's like a whole different world and like you're able to do some of these things that um i mean shoot even just from like you know going out and running you know 15 16 miles 20 25k something like that and then like coming back home and you know working around the house doing doing yard work mowing the lawn and like you know i can think of times when the idea of going out and running for a couple hours and then coming home and like being productive the rest of the day it was like no way uh but now it's just like that's just saturday and it's no big deal yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's funny because that that one strikes in my mind as well too with the uh, the Disney races that we spoke about. A lot of people um, find it funny when I tell them I race the races and then go to the parks and stay and watch the fireworks and come back and you know you're up early on the bus and back to the start for the next race. They're like, oh, you don't you know hang out in the pool or relax or anything. And like ah, once once you get going and uh, and keep it moving and and like I said, you're not right race in those race for uh, a PR or anything. So it's, uh, it's doable and, uh, just to go through and make sure I find when you keep the body moving and, and going, it actually is better than just, you know, stopping after a run and, uh, and sitting there. Yeah. And, uh, I'm glad you brought that back up because I was going to maybe try to, to squeeze in at least one Disney Disney question before we <laughs> wrapped up today. So glad you brought it back. Cause now it's, it's a little bit less out of left field. Um, what's, what's your, uh, run Disney history. I mean, obviously you ran dopey in 2020. Uh, you mentioned that already. Have you, have you done a lot of Disney races and, and what's your, what's your allure for being a, you know, Canadian? I mean, I guess, you know, it's, it's fun to come down and, and, uh, 
you know, get out of the winter time because those races happen in January. So it's a good, good break from the, the heat. Uh, but you've been a Disney fan forever, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask. Uh, yeah, our, our family likes Disney. Uh, I did the, the Goofy in 2015 was the first one I did. And uh, that was back when the same time when I was like, oh, you can do a 5K, you can do a half marathon the next day. So uh, <laughs> I did not do very well on that race in 2015. And then, uh, but at that race, I met people in the corral. And uh, after meeting them, I, I think that's that was more of the allure was the people I met made me want to come back again. So uh, now we meet up there uh, every year for the January marathon and uh, meet up in our corral. You're in there for two hours before the race starts. So <laughs> right. uh, good to catch up with them and talk to them. But I always thought it was really cool that all these people are here for the race. They all enjoy running, but they were from all over the world. So like everybody in our group, we had people from Atlanta, obviously Florida, the people that was there, but uh, we met some people from Holland and Europe and all over the place that now we keep in contact with over uh, Strava and Facebook and uh, meet up at these races all the time, which is great. Yeah, there's there's uh, hard to make the argument that just the running community in general, I mean, just just the connections that you can make. And, and yeah, thankfully, with, you know, for all the, the ills of social media and Lord knows there's a whole whole host of those. Um, it does make it nice to kind of keep track with with some friends from distant places and and. The, the ties that running brings. Um, so it sounds like the, the people from, from the Disney races are, are pretty, uh, pretty special to you, pretty important, but, uh, beyond the, beyond the people that you meet there, what's, what's the thing you enjoy most about a Disney race? Um, I just think it's the whole thing. They do such a great job with them. It's you're running through the parks, um, all the characters and that, that they have out there. And I take full advantage of it. I'm, uh, lucky enough. I can start in the, in the first corral. So, mm -hmm. Uh, usually go off in that first corral. I stop at every one of those, uh, photo spots to get a picture with all the characters. And, uh, I figure if I'm spending the money and, and Disney races are a little bit on the higher side. So I'm like, I'm getting full value out of this thing. So <laughs> getting every picture I can and every medal and, but it's just, it's cool. You run down the highway and the next thing you know, you're in, uh, uh, magic kingdom and then you're off and you're over Tapcot and, uh, just, you can't get that at, uh, a regular city race so it's uh just the allure of that which is through the parks which is amazing that uh that they're able to do that it is yeah. early in the morning though i will say <laughs> that is true that is true although you know I, I used to live uh just just down the street from disney and so i used to run them fairly regularly because you know it was convenient you know and, and, and all the expense like sure the race price was still expensive but like there was no travel you know i mean it was whatever 40 minute drive so a little bit of gas but no no major travel issues no hotels things like that so i was like yeah you know in terms of going to other races like it's pretty pretty actually inexpensive when you live close by but i used to just try to feel like i had to rate like i'm racing like these are races like we're, we're gonna race <laughs> um and then you know towards the end the last the last handful of, of various disney races i did and certainly that the the goofy i did that we unknowingly shared the course together there in 2020 um i did the exact same thing it was just like all I'm doing is I'm I'm racing to the next character stop, and then I'm stopping yeah. for a photo and 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 um, you know run into the next character, and and sometimes you know there's the characters are a little bit mile or so apart, and then you get into the park and they're like every 50 feet it almost seems like, which is awesome because you're just like boom 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 boom, and you, and you get all these these photos that you know it's it's kind of nice nice way to break up uh you know a, a 39 mile weekend or a 48 mile weekend or a what whatever a a, a single a single race you know how whatever you're doing. Um, uh, but it's, it's, you know, like you said, you're paying for that uniqueness and, and I used to just blow through it. Like, ah, I'm, I'm local. I, and I live, I love Disney, but I was just like, ah, you know, I'm local. I'm going to race hard. 
um, you're paying for it, like stop and enjoy it if you can. And even if you only get a couple photos, it's still photos that you're not going to get at literally any other race anywhere that you go. Oh, yeah. And they usually have those rare characters out there, which you don't mm-hmm. see at the parks, too. So uh, I remember the the one race I did, I ran through and I stopped at every one of the, the photos, uh, got a picture and then crossed the finish line with uh, another gentleman that ran across. And he came over to me after the race was done. And he's he's like, I can't believe you stopped at every one of those picture spots and you still beat me in this stupid race. <laughs> <laughs> but then on the side, on the flip side, I saw him again at uh, the next year's race and he doesn't, he do the, the same thing and stop at all the photos and get the photos and cross the finish line. So he's like, Hey, I just trained a little bit harder so I can stop and get the photos. Cause I watched you do it last year. And, uh, that was part of the, uh, the reason why I wanted to do it this year. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's always, always a good time. So, uh, getting to the point of, of wrapping up today, Wayne. Um, but I gotta, gotta give you one more, uh, I call it a philosophical question, basically just open-ended, uh, kind of like the introductory question. You can take it wherever you want to go with it. Um, but in your, you know, close, I guess nine years now, but closing in on 10 years of, of running, uh, just, just curious, you know, if you can point to a lesson or two, something that, that maybe running has taught you about yourself, about, other people about society at large, whatever, we keep it very open-ended. But I feel like I've learned so much in my years as, as a runner. And I feel like in conversations I've had with others that, that they kind of echo that sentiment as well. So I'd just be curious if you can point to uh, one or two things that running has taught you over your last almost decade of, of being part of the sport. Yeah. I think the one we, we touched on already, I mentioned that uh, anybody can make a difference uh, Mm -hmm. with, uh, with running. It's kind of shown me that uh, you don't have to be, you know, the fast runner, you don't have to be the guy that finishes first all the time. It, uh, anybody can, you know, share a story, help somebody along and, uh, point them in the right direction to make a difference. Or even on the charity part that, uh, that we do, you can go out and run for whatever charity you want to run for and, uh, and make a difference in your, in your community as well too. So, um, uh, I think for me, that's, that's the biggest is just anybody can do it and anybody can make a difference you don't have to be you know, like I said before, rich or, uh, or powerful or have superpowers. So, um, it, uh, that's, that's why I like about it. Any, anybody can do it. And, uh, it's, it's great, uh, not only for yourself for, uh, mentally and physically, but, uh, it's just getting out there and, and being a role model. Yeah, I, I love it. And, and clearly, you know, you might not need superpowers, but if you can put on a superhero costume, you know, that, that, that doesn't hurt anything. Not that you need to do that, but it doesn't hurt anything when it comes to making a difference. So it doesn't, uh, Hey, that just adds more of the, the fun element to it. <laughs> absolutely. And, and we should have fun. Like that's, that's an important piece of the puzzle for sure. Yeah. I, I just, I, like I said, I enjoy to run and that's uh, that's a big part of it. Just go out, have fun. You know, I don't care what, what people say uh, about me when I'm out there wearing the costume. Some people might think I'm uh, uh, crazy or whatever, and then others know what I'm doing with it. So it's, uh, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, keep, keep doing what you're doing, my friend. And y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, like we said earlier, Ajax, Spiderman.ca is the website, uh, kind of follow along with, with, uh, Wayne's, Wayne's next challenge, next epic thing. Uh, and certainly make sure you can, can donate or if you're able to donate and willing to donate, um, you know, you know, He'll, he'll run a couple a couple kilometers for for the money that you chip in. So there's there's that too. Uh, on Instagram at runningb666. We didn't get into that story. We'll save that for next time. Uh, Dizruns.com/slash/1164 is the link back to the show notes for today. And again, all the photos, all the links, and certainly we'll have the the fundraising link there as well if you're able to contribute. Um, Wayne, thanks for for making the time today. 
uh, this this was this was a, a fun chat. Oh, and and not the first time that I've talked to somebody who I didn't know that we were running the same race together at some point in the past. And uh, <laughs> always always wish that when when those opportunities or you know when I find that out, it's like gosh, I wish I would have known this four years ago or three years ago or whatever the number is, because um, then we could have just you know could have done this in person. But uh, maybe maybe someday down the road we can we can circle up and do it again. But until then, keep making a difference, um, keep being a superhero, and and thanks for the time today, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Loved it. Uh, great talking with you and love to do it again. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Wayne and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, takeaway du jour? Come on now, say it with me. You know it's you know it's clever. Du jour. Uh, for, for me, I mean, hard to get past... Just the the incredible job that Wayne and, and obviously some of his crew that, that have worked together have really done in terms of, of raising money. Um, but I think that the takeaway for me is that sometimes we look at people like Wayne or, or other folks that have just done amazing things over the course of just a handful of years um, and think, God, like what, what can, I can't do that. You know, I'm just I'm just one person. Um, but the takeaway here is that you, you just never know. You never know. And and also. And again, this is this is more for me, but maybe this resonates with you as well. Um, you don't have to do that much to make a difference, right? So, you know, whether it's it's jumping into a, a race as a charity runner like I did at, at Goofy when when Wayne and I shared the course together without knowing it back in 2020, um, whether it's just jumping into a, a local 5K charity fun run, um, whatever the case might be, uh, the the amount of good that we can do as runners and the difference that we can make for, for organizations, for individuals, um, who knows, you know, whether it's just some local, local church or local organization that has a fundraiser, whether it's a national organization, whether it's an international organization, um, you know, running, running really has the, the power to make a difference. And, and again, it can be, it can be small dollars. It can be 20, $30. But that, that has a tendency to, to multiply. And so I guess, I guess my takeaway is just that reminder that, um, that this sport is, is, is pretty awesome for us. I think at least for, for myself as an individual, but man, we can make a, we, we do make a difference big time. And, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a little nudge in here for me to, to get back on the charity running bandwagon and, and do another, whether it's, it's a, a one-off event or whether it's something I don't know that I could live up to what Wayne's got going on, but I, I bet you I probably could, right? Not with that attitude, but if I, you know, not with the, I don't know if I could attitude, but if I, if, with the just get started attitude, you know, get started and who knows, three, four, five years from now, who knows what could happen. But anyway, just, just a reminder to me of, of how much good, um, we can do and we do do. And yes, I did just say do do in the takeaway because I'm a child. Anyway, that is my takeaway today. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? If you're willing to share it, I would love to hear it. At Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram, Dizruns at gmail.com if you want to send an email. And of course, if you want to head over to the show notes for today, Dizruns.com slash 1164. Dizruns.com slash 1164 will get you there. There's photos, there's links, and of course, down at the bottom is that comment section. Feel free to type away with your comments and your ideas and your suggestions and your takeaways. Uh, to your little heart's content there in the comment section, hit submit and uh, it'll live forever or at least until I stop paying for website hosting, which, you know, not planning on doing that anytime soon right there on the internets at disruns.com. So, uh, thank you for, uh, listening to today's episode. Once again, if you want a little, a little talk through of any type of running struggle or, or running questions that you might have, 
uh, obviously you're always welcome to, to send a message or things like that, but sometimes it's just, it doesn't make sense to go back and forth via a, a, an email uh, or a DM or something like that. Cause there's just too much to, to discuss too much to unpack. Uh, and in that case, the consult call is uh, is a perfect option. So disruns.com slash consultation is the link. Uh, again, get yourself signed up, get yourself on the calendar and uh, we'll make something happen and hopefully give you a little bit of clarity moving forward. Disruns.com slash consultation. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Wayne and I with you today. And uh, until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all.